Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Print Life Podcast. Today is part four of the Design Path series, and we're going to be chatting all about licensing. Since licensing is not my background or area of expertise, I'm really excited to have Jocelyn Sipowitz join us today, or as you may know her from Instagram and TikTok as Just Joss, to chat with you all about licensing. You're listening to the Print Live Podcast. I'm Leslie Kinahan, owner and creative director at White Buffalo Studio and founder of the Print Life community. This podcast was created to offer insight into the hidden world of print design. If you're a surface pattern or print designer who wants to attract dream clients, increase sales, and build a sustainable business that you love, you're in the right place. With over a decade of experience, I'll be covering all things surface pattern and print design, sales, marketing, and mindset to support designers in growing a creative business. Whether you're freelance, in-house, or just getting started, I've got you covered. Welcome to The Print Life. Before we dive into the interview, which was actually the very first interview that I ever recorded for The Print Life podcast, I wanted to make sure that I had just the right place to use it and wanting licensing to be part of the Design Path series, this was a perfect opportunity. But before we get started, I just want to share what licensing is with those of you who might be listeners and are unclear about what that is. Often as surface pattern and print designers in the fashion industry, we sell our artwork exclusively. So we sell the rights to the artwork. Licensing, on the other hand, you can sell to multiple brands and they will essentially rent your artwork from you to use on a specific product category or a specific product or a specific number of units of a product at an agreed rate or royalty that you then get paid for them to use your artwork. You can often do this directly with a client or through using a licensing attorney or on certain platforms out there that you can license your work through. At the time of the interview with Jocelyn, she had not yet announced on social, but now I think you may all be aware if you do follow her, that she joined uh, Jenna Rainey in the Brand Plus Brand program. So if you're interested in learning more about licensing, feel free to reach out to her on social for more details. Hey, Joss. Thanks for joining me on the Print Life Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm so excited to be here. I know you've done a lot of different work with a lot of really amazing people in your past and that you have a full-time job and then you license on the side. Is that correct? Yeah. So I definitely have a very diverse background. You call me a Joss of all trades, if you will, doing licensing in my history. I've worked in-house for um, fashion accessories as well as home decor. And um, I also design my own boutique collections as well through different um, websites that I will definitely love to be able to share more insight. So if you could just tell us a little bit about what licensing is, just to give the audience a good understanding of what that means as it pertains to the work that you do. Yeah. So Overall, a very general definition from my understanding and my experience of licensing is the two brands coming together to collaborate, whether that be through product lines or um, 
social media partnerships and things like that. It can really be any sort of collaboration between two different brands. Um, and so different ways I've seen that in the surface design industry is through um, branded partnerships. For example, large names coming together under um, a mass retailer, like a Target or something. Um, but then you can also license individual artwork designs through different um, agencies, if you will, or manufacturers, depending on the product category. Um, and so another kind of main difference between um, apparel artwork consignment is that licensing doesn't just apply to apparel. It certainly can. There are, of course, branded um, clothing and apparel partnerships, but it's a little bit wider and can apply to all sorts of different categories from accessories to home decor, gift, stationery, kind of you name it, the sky's the limit. Would you say that it is a good approach for a sole income or do you think it would be better served as a secondary stream of income? Licensing is a great way to start kind of dipping your toe into creating different product lines, again, through whichever categories you're interested in. So um, might be a good way to segue into a category you're not as experienced in, to kind of get your feet wet, see how you like it before kind of jumping in and dedicating like a whole career to this category. Um, and it's also a way to sort of diversify your income. So for example, if you um, work a full-time job, but you have all this old artwork laying around from like college or something that you wanna just get out there into the world and do something with, licensing is a great way to kind of recycle and refresh um, things that you might have existing or um, that you can edit in some way to make new. So I, I would say that it's at least starting off a little bit more of like a secondary source of income, but then once you kind of find your footing on your category, it's definitely scalable on a large um, platform. And especially depending on the branded partnerships you go after, like if you get into some you know, big retailers, that's a great way to get um, mass production of your work out there. But it's also really great to partner maybe with smaller brands and get a little bit more of your name out there and grow more organically as well, working with and collaborating with other people at your same level. So it's, it's a very malleable um, avenue, I would say, depending on your needs as an artist and where you want to go. So a lot of the designers that I work with, we've all kind of come to the realization that it's as a creative, we like to play with a lot of different ideas. We like to play in a lot of different markets. We want the option of trying different things and seeing what's working. And oftentimes as designers are working with, let's say in apparel, there's still that curiosity of licensing. So would you recommend for um, a designer who's never done licensing before what would maybe be those first steps of like seeing where you might like to dip your toe in and try an area of the market? Or would you recommend maybe starting out with testing out on a POD site or reaching out to a rep or agent? Yeah. So there's so many different avenues you can kind of go down. Um, 
whether you're self-representing or working with an agency. And the way I kind of like to advise on which route you want to take depends on your skill set. You know, as solopreneurs, as um, surface designers, um, working through our own small businesses, we wear a lot of hats. You know, we're the designer, we're the CEO, we're the social media marketer, and we, we kind of do it all. Um, and it's, it's a lot to try to take on to do by yourself. Um, so especially for those who maybe don't have as much experiencing experience in sales and pitching, I recommend working with an agency to start out, um, to maybe help mitigate some of that negotiation. If you're nervous to, um, kind of go to bat for yourself when it comes to contracts and pricing, if you're not quite as comfortable there, it's really great to have that kind of. Um, support to lean on to go to bat for you so that you can really focus on the strengths that you're good at as an artist. If, you know, design is your passion, really lean into that. And if sales is not, let someone else lean into that for you and work smarter instead of harder. Um, but there are certainly ways to self-represent if you go to different trade shows. Of course, there's so many different apparel trade shows out there to get um, your work into. But at the same time, there are counterpart trade shows geared more towards different categories, for example, home or gift and stationery. So maybe doing some research on um, some different trade shows, you could try and see what types of artwork people in those types of categories are looking for and how your skill set can apply there. Um, and what's kind of cool about living in this uh, virtual world is that a lot of these shows these days are virtual. So you don't necessarily have to like pay all these entry fees and set up a booth and go through all of this rigmarole of travel. You can kind of get your feet wet remotely and see what brands are showcasing at these shows that might align with you um, without actually having to commit to like traveling all the way across the country somewhere. So tell us about your first experience in licensing and how you went about that process. Like how did you get your foot in the door in the licensing world? Yeah. So the way I started out is there are a couple different agencies that are basically digital libraries where you can upload different motifs, patterns, and things like that. Um, and then they take that library and show it to all sorts of different people from uh, Bed Bath & Beyonds to um, different home gift and stationery suppliers. And from there, these suppliers will pick out different artwork. And if one of my pieces is selected, I'll get a notification and they'll send me a sample and tell me where it's going. So for example, my first ever licensed design was actually a water bottle that someone um, liked one of the patterns and put it on a water bottle and put it in, I think it was like Bed Bath & Beyond or something. Um, and so that was a great way to take some of the existing artwork I had done from like years past that was just kind of sitting in a sketchbook and I just kind of uploaded it and hoped for the best and um, it was a great way to kind of build passive income at the same time without actually having to go in and create a whole bunch of stuff. So 
these websites, do you apply to then be selected to upload your work for others to then shop for licensing? Yeah, it's kind of like a creative market in a way, if you've ever used that website um, where you kind of just upload artwork online and then different people online can come and look through the library that is creative market and choose their designs from there and license, you know, do they want um, the exclusive design or the non-exclusive design from there? Okay. And is this something that is still um, an option for designers that are out there? Where would you refer our listeners to, to look into something like this? So the way I initially found them was through um, one of the virtual licensing um, trade shows in 2020. It was actually the one of the first licensing trade shows I went to. Um, and again, I had never been and I was just trying to be a little fly on the wall to do some research um, and ended up actually kind of coordinating with a couple different types of manufacturers. And so it turned out to be a really cool um experience beyond just researching. So in addition to kind of getting your feet wet, uploading some old artwork to see how it does in that space, um, I also want to talk a little bit about establishing brand by curating your own shop of sorts via POD sites. Can you tell us a little bit about how you go about that process? Yeah, so um, I get asked a lot too around um, print-on-demand sites and which ones to use and which ones not to use. And my advice is always to take the best from each of them. So over time, I've done my own research on what products overlap in these categories. So for example, you can pretty much print a pillow or a bedsheet on any of these sites. But some of them are a better price point. Some of them are a better quality. So it does. It did take a little bit of research up front and sampling, and finding which products aligned with my brand and the message that I wanted to put out there and the quality that I wanted to put out there. Um, and then from there, I kind of curated down the types of products I wanted to put into my site as well. So the sky's the limit on a lot of those sites. But rather than just trying to put my art on anything and everything, just to kind of pie in the sky, see what would stick, I wanted to be really edited and curated um, about the things that I thought would execute best with my aesthetic um, so that I wasn't just kind of hoping for the best, that I was really doubling down and being intentional about the things I was putting out there. Um, and then once I've aligned on the products I wanted to use, I then would go through my artwork library and see what types of prints would look best on, you know, a phone case or, um, a jumper collection or what have you, or what, whatever types of products work for you and your sites. Um, and then being able to curate your artwork around that. Um, and then from there, I put those um onto my website so what i like to do rather than driving people to these different print on demand sites up front i want them to come to my website first and so i promote and curate everything through my own website so i get that traffic but i can also customize the aesthetic so it's really hard on some of these like society sixes to stand apart from the other shops on there because there's no customization. Um, 
So I found a lot more traction when I can create a cohesive brand aesthetic around my products too. So what you're doing is basically finding your favorite um, imagery on different POD sites that you like and you like the quality of and the way that the photographs look. And then you're essentially building a mini collection that you can then place on each of those POD sites and then pull that imagery into your own website so that when you drive traffic, you're driving traffic to your own site. But when they purchase, it's clicking out into the various POD sites that your work is up for sale on. Is that correct? Exactly. And what I like about doing that is I don't have to take product photography. That's already all done for me. And I don't have to deal with the customer service, the returns, and the, the drop shipping. I, that's all handled outside. Um, so again, I might not be as strong in some of those types of categories, so I'll outsource that so that I can spend more time designing the products or designing um, the artwork for the products. Um, so again, just kind of outsourcing those things so you can really focus on your things. And would you say that this really allows you to establish brand by then being able to curate your own selections and choosing which prints and how you're going to merchandise them on your site and then being able to make changes as you like? Yeah. And it also cuts down on sampling a lot. If I can upload my print onto these different products and see what it looks like in a photo before I commit to actually having it made, because, you know, in my mind, this print might look, oh, gorgeous on, you know, whatever product I have in mind. But then once I see the picture, you know, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but I don't have to spend the money on that sample until I feel really good about it after I've seen the pictures. That's great. What if you could recommend like your top three POD sites in terms of maybe not even necessarily where you're seeing the most return on your investment, but in terms of quality of the products, what would you say are your top three POD sites that you'd recommend? So I like um, Redbubble for their product photography and their CADs. So like I was saying before, um, I'll upload my print onto something and see how it looks on a bunch of different products first. And they have really great pictures. Um, and along that site, so does Spoonflower. I find they have the best product photography mock-ups. Then from a product um, breadth standpoint, I think Society6 has the most different types of products out there they have anything from like beach lawn chairs to like yoga mats so there's a lot of unique products on there that I haven't seen on other sites so if you wanted to be really kind of different than some of the repeating products that are on all of these sites I've kind of found that is a cool avenue um, and then most recently I found a new one called arts cow and I think that they're the best for apparel collections or um, accessory and shoes if you're a little bit more interested in like fashion. And what was the name of that one again? Arts Cow, like A-R-T-S Cow, as in like moo. <laughs> it's kind of a weird name, but they have some really cool silhouettes and I'm not necessarily a fashion silhouette designer. I don't know how to sew. But I really love um, print design for apparel and 
again, being able to upload my design and seeing how it places. And what's really cool about ArtsCow is that instead of just digitally printing one long piece of fabric and then cutting the um, pattern pieces from there, you can customize each pattern piece. So if I wanted to do like piecing or like a print twin print mix something, um, I can edit every aspect of the garment and that's been really cool. I want to go back to something we spoke about um, before we jumped on the live, but um, we were chatting about what you think is kind of the most exciting and then the most difficult in your experience with licensing. Overall, I think maybe I don't, I can't speak for everyone, but maybe I can that getting into surface design is so cool because you get to see your artwork go beyond just like a piece of paper onto tangible products that people use in their life every day. Um, and it's just so rewarding to be able to scroll through like Instagram or something like that and see like an influencer or, you know, some random just person living their life using a product or wearing one of my designs. Like that's the bread and butter of what I do. And that's why I do it. Um, and so I, I would say that one of the drawbacks of sometimes working in house for different designers is it's really cool to be a ghost designer and be able to kind of um, get your hands dirty on all these different types of projects. But at the end of the day, it's for somebody else. It's for a brand, it's for um, a company. But when you're able to then go home and use some of your own designs um, in a different way on different types of products that maybe you hadn't tried before is just very rewarding to also be able to mitigate some of the um, designs that you do every day for somebody else, but then be able to come home and have your own thing too. Yeah, often um, I found in my experience when you're designing for somebody else all day, and you come home, it's hard to find the energy to continue to do it. But when it's for yourself, I could see that being a little easier to do because it's a little bit more of an outlet and being able to kind of play in a different way than maybe you're playing at work. Exactly. Well, and you know, it, it's funny. I try not to be too hard on myself if I uh, have had a long day at work and then I don't want to come home and design, you know, because I have been being creative all day. So I don't want to guilt myself too hard. So it's just finding that balance. And again, why I, I keep my um, own product collections and ideas very seasonless so that I can grow them organically over time and not feel like this crunch of, um, you know, I can only do this in the spring, so I have to do it now. Not feeling the, the seasonal pressure of delivering on, a, on somebody else's schedule, but being able to kind of just be a little bit more fluid with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if something comes to mind or I stumble across an old piece of artwork that, you know, I forgot about from like five years ago, I can repurpose and reuse it into something new. Well, I want to ask, speaking about that a little bit, like pulling from past works or pulling from old works or kind of playing around and having the flexibility to do so because you're in licensing, share with us a little bit about like, what does your process look like as you begin to think about what sort of items or what sort of prints you're going to put on your curated shop page? Like what is your brand aesthetic? Yeah. 
so what I have come to really like about building um, my own product collections or even just licensing designs is that you can reuse a lot of things. So for example, if I have a motif in a print, I might take that same motif and put it somewhere else um, or use it in a different way so that it tells a cohesive story across the whole collection rather than coming up with individual artworks that are all different for the same products. I found that when things match a little bit, people also tend to mix merchandise. So they are more tempted to buy things together if they match in some sort of way. Speaking about curating your own online shop and how you have the ability to essentially take the pieces that you like from various POD sites and put them on your own shop page, which you can then brand and you're driving traffic to your own page, which is awesome. I love that. What have you found to be the easiest way to set up your own page? And is it able to drive traffic using SEO? Like what are your, what is your advice for somebody who maybe wants to try doing this? Yeah. So I personally use the Wix platform to host my website and my shop. Um, and what I like about Wix is that it automatically integrates email marketing. So I don't have to um, set up a different like MailChimp or something like that to keep up with emails. It does that for you. And it also does SEO for you. So um, it's very intuitive and user-friendly from an SEO standpoint for someone like me who doesn't really know a whole lot about um, the ins and outs and nitty-gritty of that stuff. Um, and it's very malleable from a design standpoint too. It, you're not locked into a specific template or layout. You can move things organically around to where you want them. You can customize every little aspect from the font to the background color to the size of the picture. Um, and as a designer, that's so valuable to be able to do. Well, speaking of your website, where can everybody go take a peek at your stuff? Where can we follow you and get inspired by you? Yeah, so my website is um, just-joss.com. And my Instagram handle is um, just two underscores J-O-S Joss. So just Joss, that's where you can find me. Just jealous. And before we go, if I want to ask everybody who comes on the show to get one tip or a piece of advice, and it's up to you which one you want to go with here, but either something in regards to freelancing at home, we're all very busy. Sometimes it's hard to stay in creative energy. So do you have any tips for anybody who is kind of maybe in a creative rut or any kind of self-care tip that helps keep you in a state of like creative flow? Yeah, so I would say for any designer, whether you're an in-house designer working a nine-to-five or, you know, your own boss jamming the solopreneur, what I have come to find in this remote working environment that's been so important for me is, and this is going to sound super basic, but protecting mealtimes. Like, it's so easy to just wake up in the morning, get on your computer, and realize it's 11 and you even haven't even had a sip of coffee. So I make it a point every morning to make myself a little homemade chai latte, drink that before I sit down to my computer and do anything um, so that, you know, the most important meal of the day is protected. 
And then also taking an actual lunch, even if it's just for 10 minutes, but stepping away, actually eating, <laughs> and then coming back. Um, it, it's just been very helpful from a health standpoint, but also from like a forced break standpoint to come back with fresh eyes. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me and everyone about licensing. And we're really excited to go over to your website and take a peek. Of course. I'm so happy that you thought of me and so excited to be here. Thank you, Joss. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the Design Path series. Interested in finding your unique path in the wild world of print design? Take my free quiz, What is Your Print Path? to unlock resources and guidance on next steps that meet you where you are in your creative journey. Head over to whitebuffalostudio.com forward slash quiz. See you next time.